0: Thank you for downloading this New Zealand sports radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand sports radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. Good evening ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for
2: joining us tonight on episode 25, season two of the standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Uh, Evening Richie. it's our 50th episode of the standoff tonight, Um, so I thought we'd do something a little bit different, and we're privileged enough to have uh, Rue and Hammer joining us tonight. Um, So I'd like to welcome them on. Hey Mark and Rob, how are you guys? Hey guys. G'day Brad and Richie.
3: thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks
0: for having us on, boys.
2: Yeah, um, thank you for coming in tonight. I think before um, before we start, just get you guys to introduce yourself to everyone watching and um, letting us know what
3: you guys do at Ruin Hammer.
4: Off you go, Rob. You yeah. can you
0: can definitely.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah. Well, I'm based in or well, near Brisbane, Queensland. Mark's Mark's from Sydney, and we uh, initially knew each other from a chat group that we we're in, a separate Warriors chat group, and one day we just decided to start chatting on the side, which led to us FaceTiming and just talking all things Warriors. We realized we had a similar sort of understanding and love for the team. So we just started doing that. But on Tuesday night, we talk about the team that came in. And after a few weeks of doing that, we're like, you yeah, know, this kind of feels like a podcast, you know? It feels like a couple of blokes talking about footy. I wonder if there's going be anybody else interested in that. And um, so, yeah, so it literally just went from there. We had never met in person. And we thought, well, why don't we just try doing this live thing? We had no idea how to do that, so we researched into that, um, and yeah, so it went from there, and we we started doing a Facebook live show. And it wasn't until February this year that we actually met in person, if you can believe that. So we started in August wow. twenty twenty. Yeah, so we're a real uh, product of COVID.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was, was kind of weird, um, the fact that we we went uh, pretty much the whole season last year just talking and, and hosting a show all about the Warriors and and never actually meeting face-to-face. So, uh, you know, this year we've had a couple of opportunities where, where we can catch up face-to-face. Uh, still not enough. You know, we'd love to be able to, to do it every weekend, but, um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's been a, a great ride. Um, we're very fortunate that we've had the uh, – well, I've been very fortunate the Warriors have been based in New South Wales here in, in Australia uh, and I've been able to uh, form a, a really good relationship with a lot of the the guys within the management and the, the playing staff and from that uh, we've been able to have a lot of the the ex-players and, and current players on, our, on for live chats on the show, which I think is um, – I think we're probably one of the only Warriors-based uh, shows out there that, that's been able to do that so far. Um, so yeah, so we're we're very grateful to the Warriors organisation and and everyone involved with them, who have you know uh, enabled us to do that. And um, and from that too, we've we've been able to to meet uh, like minded Warriors uh, guys such as yourselves uh, who do your own show. And you know we we can we're able to collab and and keep in contact. And and it's been great. It's a it's a great growth thing for for all of us. I think. That yeah, that's yeah, it.
3: Definitely. We've always sort of said it's been a show by the fans for the fans, and that's been the best part—getting to meet so many other supporters from you know all around Australia, New Zealand, all around the world. Actually, that that's that's been fantastic. And as Mark said, it's been like a pinch yourself moment—you know, getting to chat to these players that you grow up idolizing. It's it's been like a <laughs> fantastic bet. journey. Yeah, I feel yeah. that
5: way sometimes. Um, watching you guys show or listening to it. Let me just say, yeah, you guys do a fantastic job, and. It's the same for me. Like some of the guys you've had on the show are, um, yeah, people I've grown yeah. up to my boiled heroes, and and I quite I quite enjoy popping the headphones on
4: when I'm going for a run or a walk, and it
5: yeah can brighten up my day for sure. So keep up the
4: good work wait, there. Wait. We actually carry on like um, teenage girls when we get a response back from a player that says that they want to come on the show, especially when it's someone like um, like when we got Steve Price or Steve Price, or even yeah. Stacey. Oh, yeah. Stacey Jones. We, we were carrying quick, on like quick reply reply, reply,
0: reply, reply. <laughs> I think um, so, yeah,
5: there was a uh, it was a chat it was a chat group that Brad and I used to be in a while back. Um, and they had a little they had a little get-together evening you remember that brad and steve price was there and yeah, i think yeah. brad, brad and i you should have seen us then we were the same i mean it was sort of like <laughs> go ask him for a photo no you go ask him for a photo oh. and <laughs> yeah
3: oh he's such so, a legend such a great yeah, one
2: yeah 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 it's great stuff that you guys do over there um so yeah everyone um watching from from our show go check out ruin hammer um it's always, you guys always kick off straight after our show on a Wednesday. So it's good timing. Um, yep. I don't always get to watch live because of um, the time difference. And I start early at work. So I usually listen back, but um, yeah, it's always a real good show. Um, Steve price went a bit long. That one, um, that one took a couple of uh, attempts to listen all the way through. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's always good stuff. So um, thanks. God. Yeah. I think, Um, so tonight we usually, um, go through the rounds and stuff. We're going to continue that on Wednesday. So tonight we're just going to change it up a bit and do a bit of a Q and a with everyone watching and asking questions between ourselves. Um, Discussing the Warriors, past, present, future, the NRL in general, and um, a little bit later on, we've got a video that Richard put together of some of my best moments, um, <laughs> which which we'll put on there. Um, I saw um, Christian and um, Simon both said hello there in in the group. So hey, fellas, thanks for joining us, guys. How's
3: it going, guys? And um, right.
2: yeah, everyone watching, um, just remember to send through questions. Be about um, Warriors NRL us whatever you feel like just throw it out there and um will um richard likes to sit on the fence a bit but we'll try to answer questions as best as we can um but i think we may as well kick off and talk about the the warriors game just gone um them defeating the bulldogs um i usually go on for an hour so i'll let you guys start what do you guys think of the game
3: i thought it was a solid enough performance i mean at the end of the day the thing that mattered was we got the win um, yep. Yep. It, we, we started off fast start and it was great to see us throwing the ball around literally from the you know, second set of the game and we're looking really good, especially Josh Curran had a barnstormer. Mm. Um, it looked like we could really run away with it. And then, um, in that second half, I, I felt that we kind of, when we had the opportunities, we weren't icing them. Like we did at the start mm. of the game, we had the, the three opportunities and we put points on the board. And that started to fall away a bit, and we played We lacked a little bit of patience in that second half. Um, Having said that, I thought our scramble defence was really good uh, as well to to hold the dogs dogs out, and um, because they threw a fair bit at us. So, yeah, look, I was overall I was happy enough to get the win.
4: Yeah, I I I agree. Uh, I thought, yeah, I I just there was uh, moments in that game where we just didn't play with enough patience um, because there was a couple of I think we scored the the three uh, tries that we did score were like, uh, we just, you know, really took that opportunity and posted points. And I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves, maybe thinking that it was going to happen every time. And there was a forced, Mm. a a pushed pass or, um, you know, a a loose pass and, and drop ball. And I think if we just had to play with a little bit more patience, we would have got a lot more points. Um, in saying that, I think, uh, for me, probably three of the guys that need to be mentioned are the are the three unsung heroes of the of the team at the moment in Josh Curran was absolutely outstanding. Um, Marcelo Montoya has been a revelation for us yeah. on the wing this year you know I, I questioned his when when we bought him at the beginning of the year I couldn't really see where he was going to fit in but he's just another one of those guys like Curran who has has been given an opportunity in first grade and he's grabbed it with both hands and, and probably the guy that doesn't get any um, recognition at, at all is um, Sean O'Sullivan. I think Sean O'Sullivan's been playing really solid footy at halfback, um, especially the past three weeks. And, um, you know, he's, he's a kind of guy. He hasn't played a lot of first grade and he knows his role is just to to fill the gap uh, in that squad at, in the meantime until, you know, Shawnee arrives next year. But um, he's been doing a great job. He, he plays. He's got a, a nice level head. He plays with a lot of patience And a couple of games that I did see him play live this year, uh, it's what you can see that he does off camera. Uh, He's very vocal, um, barking orders to his forwards and so so forth. And uh, I I personally would like to see him maybe given another one-year contract extension and and held on for next year as a bit of a backup um, because we do know that Sean and um, Chanel uh, both – are a bit susceptible to picking up uh, injuries and so forth. And mm. O'Sullivan's been there. He knows Brown he, – like, he's, he's had a season under Brown. He knows Brown's systems and procedures. He knows Warriors football. And it, I think it's it's a better option for the Warriors to pick a, a Sean O'Sullivan up cheap um, than go out looking for somebody else and pay overs and then have them have to go through that, that process of learning all our systems and plays.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think, um, I think he will get extended. I think he's one of those players that's safe enough to kind of wait till the end till you offer him something. Um, so I think yeah. he, I, I've i got no doubts he's going to extend because, yeah, like you you end up paying overs trying to get someone to come over and play second fiddle and be used if injuries happen, which they're not going to want to do. Um, and, yeah, I think he, he slots in, um, I think, I was on a, a show last night with um, hold the ball and I, I likened him to Mason Leno where yep. yeah. Mason didn't get in there all the time, um, but you could rely on him when he went out there to do a serviceable job. He's not going to go out That's and true. be, uh, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, do, do like a, a superstar job um, like a Sean Johnson would, be- but he's going to go out there and do his role. So um, yeah, yeah. Be silly for them not to do it.
4: Yeah, it was his two short balls too that set up those those first two tries. It was a nice little short ball to to Curran for that first try, and again a short ball to Curran who then picked up Jazz on the inside for our second try. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's got got a nice passing game on him, and he's got some good vision there. So yeah, I like him as a, as a player. Uh, but as you said, Brad, yeah, he's, he's not he's not that that flashy player. He, he just knows his role. He's going to go out there and do his job. He's probably never Just going to be he, a
3: first choice half, unfortunately, for a lot of clubs at the moment. So, as as you guys have said, he would be, you, you said you can probably wait until the end of the season and he might get another one year deal with the club. As you said, yeah, like yeah. that Mason Leno you know, style backup role.
2: So, so if you want to be technical, he kind of set up the first three tries because he set up the Bulldogs with a good yeah, one, too. That's right. so. Of
3: course, it was easy to set past.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you did. Yes. Um, We've also been watching over on uh, Inga's league wrap-up page. Unfortunately, I can't bring up those comments. But uh, Nicholas um, McKurcher says uh, we've definitely brought in the professionals and the best in the business. Ruin hammer. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> loving that, Brad. Um, also, uh, Sayali so oh, nice says, coach. "How good? How good is uh, uh, hectic Montoya? Uh, bomb defusals has been um, on point.
3: Yeah, 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 absolutely." I, uh,
2: i think yeah as mark said he's really um exceeded expectation i i was i always try to be optimistic with all signings um but i didn't see him getting a lot of game time because i envisioned he'd be behind ken and david on the wings so um with them not being there at the moment um and, and ken's skate not anymore at all um he's really had that chance and he's done really well um yeah a lot better and i it's hard. It was kind of hard to judge him when he was with the Bulldogs because it's not like the Bulldogs are setting up their wingers with a lot of tries. Um, no, in their current Where, form,
3: he did make his guys... debut against us at, at, in uh, Dunedin, and he scored a try against us. So that's some yeah. good knowledge
5: there, Rob. Where do you guys see him oh, um, um, next year? I'm not. I'm not too sure. Where David Fusitou is at, maybe you know someone like yourself, Mark, might have a bit more intel. But what what happens when if, if he comes back next year? What what happens to Montreux then? That, that becomes interesting, doesn't it? Yeah.
4: We we did a uh, lot. I saw David at the the Melbourne game a couple of uh, months back when I was actually allowed outside of my uh, house uh, before we went into this hard remember lockdown. Nice? Here. Yeah, I remember them well, um, and. Uh, he was—he looked like he was in good spirits and um, still trying to get over this niggly uh, hamstring injury that he's had f- pretty much for the whole season. Um, we did a live watch yesterday, and and uh, Dave was kind of in the background there because uh, we had the Warriors beam in from their hub at uh, the Gold Coast. Um, yeah, I don't know on Mon- Montoya. Uh, so um, what I was getting at it was—it's great to see David still with the the group because uh, a lot of people are asking what's going on with Fuss. Um, yeah. I see Montoya as, I think it's, I think he's done enough this year to be to say that that, that wing spot is his and it's his to lose now. Um, but you know we've got a, a lot of young guys coming through. We've got um, young uh, Vili, Viliami uh, Villiami that that's debuted this yep. year. Ed Cozy that's debuted. Um, we've Junior got Junior Atuva, who's yeah. coming back next year. Um, and then you've you've got the likes of Pompey and and um, Rocco Berry as well, who can both play on a wing. So um, it's it's an abundance, a good abundance of talent to have, and it's a young talent too. They're not old guys. Uh, and let's not forget Dallin. Um, so, yeah. you know, Dallin's obviously got one wing sewn up, and then, yeah. Yeah. you know, probably out of these other guys to to put their best foot forward and, and uh, claim that other wing spot. And you'd have to say at this point in time, uh, Montoya's probably – got the front running because he has been so good and he has been so consistent for us this year.
3: Imagine to think, though, with uh, Sean back at the club next year, if they can reignite that combination from 2018 with Fuss yeah 100 the corner there. I like, can imagine that. if you get back to that, yeah. yeah 23 yeah. tries or something, wasn't it? So that yeah, it that's was an yeah. exciting prospect, yeah. yeah,
2: They're, they're just going to miss that Hikku factor in that element, unfortunately. Mm. But um yeah.
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. Barry's coming along nicely for me, though. He looks like a really exciting prospect for a centre spot there. Um, if he can stay injury-free, he, he shows all the
4: attributes you want to see. Yeah. I, yeah
1: I, for I, I a just, different body really, shape,
4: yeah. Yeah. I just really hope that those young centres take on board um, some of the stuff that Petter has been able to pass on to them. And one of the biggest ones is, you know, putting yourself in a position to set up your outside man. Uh mm. you know when when Pompey first came into first grade he had a really nice offload and and then it seems to in the last couple of games that he played he he seemed to put that in his back pocket and was just hell bent on on running himself uh and not providing his outside man with some good ball so uh, and with a guy like Dallin, we've got a guy that's got speed uh experience uh you know, he, he, he'll he never die wondering. He, he he runs 100 mile an hour every time he's got the ball, and he's the kind of guy that you need to be feeding the ball to, so um, yeah, hopefully that kind of Petter, that, that part of Petter's play rubs off on the younger guys coming yeah. through.
2: Yeah, I think I, I've mentioned it before, I think there's a, a worrying trend for centres at the moment, NRL, not just warriors, but um, they all run first, pass later. Um, they'll yep. pass if they don't think they can get it themselves, but you look at all the top centers everyone talks about, they're all um, like Katoni Stags, Stephen Crichton and the likes. They're all known for being try scorers not um, guys that distribute and feed the winger. Um, so yep. I'm hoping to see that back because otherwise um, you've got some really talented wingers there that just don't get an opportunity because they're watching um, their center just hog the ball. And um, yeah. yeah, I, I like uh, it's, Front a former front rower trying to explain how backs should play, but um, <laughs> this should be good. <laughs> and, um, you got to take that that t- that team first approach where um, if you know the guy yeah. outside you has got like a a gap to go, that's who you give it to. Um, though, if I had the ball in my hands, I know I'd take the tackle and opt for an offload afterwards. So what do I know?
0: Yeah. Well. Nicholas on the Ingers uh, League page uh, says that unlike Rue, he he's happy to uh, travel from the south side to the north side of, side of uh, Brisbane River to go, to go watch games live, uh, and he was there mm, um, for the game at the weekend, and uh, <laughs> and he reckons that they were that, uh, that, that um, the Warriors were extremely uh, slick and clinical, um, uh, at uh, and it was fantastic to watch at the ground. He said so uh, at their best. So yeah, he liked that one. Um, also, um, Sayali, so we're talking about uh, Parsons, but he says um, Rocco Berry has a nice flick pass, always looking at his flanks for a pass and why um, yeah. this is where uh, you and Aitken lacks, hence why he is a second rower, in his opinion. So, uh, I thoughts yeah. on that.
2: Mm. He's on that you, you,
0: you guys might know a little bit more than that. Um, Rocco Berry
4: comes from a rugby background, doesn't he? And he didn't his dad play All Blacks rugby? So, yeah. you know, th- those rugby guys are, are taught to pass a ball because that's the... You know that's what that game's all about.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. His dad was an All Black, but I always put an asterisk on it because um, it. He, I think he he played like two or three games, but they weren't tests. They were like the midweek games. Yeah. Um, still, uh, still an accomplishment by any means. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he he's grown up in that that rugby union background, um, like so many of these great NRL players from New Zealand have. Um, yep, But, yeah, I, I like him. I, I am fully backing him to be a starting centre next year um, with Haku moving on. Um, with, question, with Aiken, question. I like him in the second row. But Yeah, it's yeah, got uh, his involvement. I, it,
3: gets, it gets him involved in the game. He, he went a little yeah, bit yeah. missing a couple of times out in the setters, but, yeah, in the second row he's forced to be involved. And on that edge there he looks like a threat. And, and we're looking um, at two
4: two edge back rows with speed too. When you've got current on one side and you've got Aitken on the other, um, yeah, suits so, today's game, doesn't it? Mm,
2: suits yeah, today's
4: that, game to a key. Absolutely. Yeah.
5: yeah. The um, are you I guys suppose the question
2: there. you guys I was going to
4: say, are you guys are you guys surprised at um, how galvanised the squad has become since Roger left? I, I kind of thought when Roger left that might be the. I think everyone thought that it might be the cue in the rack that that's it. The season's done, but, um, you know, we've won three in a row since since Roger's gone. Has, has that kind of surprised you guys a little bit?
2: Uh, it, um, he It was his fault all along, you know, <laughs> guy, guy bringing us down. Um, no, I think, I think it's the exact same situation we saw last year when, um, Ken and Fuss and all those guys came home. Um, I think having some players leave with um, Leeson and Roger, um, I think maybe that was a we've got to do this type thing. Obviously, I can't speak. I'm not in the camp, but it just seems to be the same effect. Those guys left last year and the team seemed to get stronger, not because they had left, but kind of because they left, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like It wasn't because they were letting the side down, but I think maybe losing some players from the camp just kind of makes the guys that are there get closer, potentially.
5: Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of reminded me of going back to when um, when Kearney got the axe, and you know, that was sort of a bit of an unknown how how we would go afterwards, and, and after a while, all the boys sort of got together and, and got behind what Peyton was, was selling, and, and yeah, then we kind of went, you know, strength to strength a little bit for a period there, so yeah, I mean, it is funny though, isn't it? Because Roger's so often been sold as our as our best player over the past couple of years, and and um, it's definitely not yeah. not not down to him why we were losing. But he's nah. gone, and now we've gone three on the trot.
2: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It was his fault we were losing. He was, <laughs>
4: just,
2: yeah. um, I'm, I'm waiting to see him. Actually, I, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I'm looking forward to seeing him get out there. Um, for Auckland, um, just to see how he goes. Um,
4: Yep.
2: But, yeah, I'm not talking about that. No, I don't. I don't. Um, There was a lot of other teams he could have gone to, but we won't get into that. Um, (laughs) See, now now you're yeah, we'll just add it to the the highlight reel of the horrible things Brad said, (laughs) shall we? Um, it's, It's Roger's fault. It's Roger's fault. Um I guess yeah, I, I guess when we're, we're talking about it, we'll move on from that actual game. And uh what's your thoughts on the actual the season in a whole? Obviously we've just come off a, a massive losing streak, um, but started to get some wins back together. Um where do you do you think that the uh <laughs> so Simon said who who's Roger that we keep talking about? <laughs> come on, Simon. Hey. Um <laughs> I think, um, yeah, has, are the Warriors where you thought they'd be before the season started at this point now, or are they below where no. you thought they were going to be? They're below. Um, and we,
4: we did a bit of a review a couple of weeks ago just on the season so far. And, you know, there's, there's five games that we played this year that we lost by, uh, you know, six points or less. Three of those were one-point losses. Um, yeah. Okay you know one against the manly which was kind of the death one uh, the cowboys were leading by 8 and we ended up losing by one um, dragons. Uh, the dragons game mm. again, we were in front yeah. and we ended up losing so even those three wins puts us up in that mix for in the in you know 6th 7th 8th which is where the i, I kind of expected yeah. to be um, so uh, yeah no we're not where we where i thought we would be but uh, it's great to see that they haven't, you know, with that run of seven or eight losses in a row, it's very hard to, you know, winning's, winning becomes a culture and losing becomes a culture too. And it's very hard to turn that around uh, when, you, when you're going in that losing um, vein. So for them to have turned that around and get three wins on the trot and, you know, people say, oh, yeah, but, you know, who have they beaten? They've beaten, you know, um, you know, the Bulldogs and, and the Tigers. And, and the Cronulla side without Sean Johnson. But, I mean, you can only play the teams that are in front of you. Right, and yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, so, yeah, you know, they've given, they're have given they giving themselves a chance. Will we play finals footy? That's probably – that's highly unlikely. Uh, but, you know, we can dream. And if they – they just need to keep taking it one week at a time, we'll see where they'll be. But in answer to your question, for me, no. I thought we would have been certainties for that, like at least seventh or eighth at this stage of the season.
5: I, re- I remember those close losses you, you talked about just then. I remember them uh, pretty well, Mark. I've still got the sellotape holding my remote control together as a reminder. <laughs> <Yeah>. That track <laughs> being yeah, was hard. That was so I- hard. I was, I was throwing, at, I was throwing yeah. it at the wall.
3: I think, I think in yeah. the start of the season, um, I, I probably had yeah. Robin- a top four chance, Bottom bottom of the four probably at best. But then, you know, obviously injuries played their part. We've been absolutely decimated with injuries throughout the season. We haven't been able to get any cohesion, get any combinations going. And that that's been a big factor as well. Like different all the different halves almost every week. And we're starting to settle on that a little bit now. And you know, we've picked up a few wins. Uh but yeah, no, de- definitely below where I thought we could be. And we're we're short of making the eight. So we'll see, but you know, just got to keep winning.
4: Yeah, I was going to say Rob has this uncanny knack of when I'm at games uh, live uh, or when we're watching them uh, from home and it's a close game, Rob has this uncanny knack of being able to pick what's going to happen. So at the Manly game in round five, I was sitting there and Rob messages me and goes, I can see what's going to happen here. Manly are going to get level and then DCA is going to kick a field goal. And it happened. And then in the Cowboys game, we're watching and he goes, I can see exactly what's going to happen here. We're going to blow this lead and then Valentine Holmes is going to kick a field goal. And it happened. So when we're watching oh, games now...
0: I don't like being Nostradamus. I, I hate knowing
3: what's <laughs> going to happen, but sometimes you just know.
0: <laughs> so so, so yeah. how, much, how much have you made on the TV? I should, I should
3: be I should be using this a bit more to my advantage, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah,
2: and um, Christian said as well, yeah, if we won those close games, we would have been around 6th to 8th. And he said um, injuries haven't helped um, and a lot of changes each week. I think that's been the biggest problem is um, not being able to field the same 17 week in, week out. Um, yep. You can't really expect a team to build momentum when it's a different team every week and um i had them in my season preview that i, I wrote i had them at sixth yep. by the end of the final round um so yeah they're, they're below what i expected as well um but the fact that they still are technically in the running um to make the playoffs makes it exciting as a warriors fan as a person who hosts a show and a person who writes about the warriors so mm-hmm. that's a bonus. The odds of them making it, I still think, are, are very slim. But the fact that there is um, something to kind of grab onto, um, at least you're not sitting there just counting down till next year.
3: So
4: yeah, e- even if we get level uh, on those points for like the finish eighth, uh, I think there's going to be a, a logjam of maybe four or five teams on the same points. The thing that's going to oh, hurt us is the for and against. We mm-hmm. like on the weekend we probably needed to put another twenty points on to to kind of get that. For and against below a hundred uh, to give us yeah. a shot of you know maybe something happening because I can't see I mean the the next three games we've got the Broncos, uh, the Raiders and the Titans and I can't see blowout scores in any of those games if we win. I, I see no, them no. as close, you know, something ten points or under. Um, mm. So I, I think it's going to be the four and against if we do manage to win these next three games. It's going to be the four and against that determines whether we play finals footy and I just can't see it happening this season unfortunately
2: yeah um I'm gonna I'll I'll segue that into um how confident or unconfident are you in the Warriors in 2022 it's Um, it's that cliche it's it's our year year but um trying to trying to take those tinted glasses off for a second um are you more confident going into twenty twenty two after this season, or or less?
4: I I'm more confident, uh, mainly because of the mid season purchases that we've picked up in uh, Reese Walsh uh, getting a full preseason in you know with the Warriors, Dallin Wateni-Zelezniak and Matt Lodge. Uh, yeah. I think a three really good purchases for the Warriors, um, and then you add to that Sean Johnson coming back and and. So long as the fans realise we're not going to get highlight reel Sean Johnson, we're going to get game mm, manager yeah. Sean Johnson. Yeah. Um, that you know, uh, I I'm very excited for next season. I suppose probably the biggest um, unknown is where will they be based again? How are they going to go through preseason? Um, you know, you've got a couple of <laughs> you've got a couple of these um, Aussie based guys that have never lived in New Zealand, never played at Mount Smart Stadium, so. So that's something to consider too, how they're going to go when they're living away from their family and friends if they happen to get, have to move back to New Zealand. So there's a couple of unknowns there, but
0: hmm.
4: roster-wise, I think we're we're building towards something pretty big.
3: Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I, the, um, yeah.
2: Oh, I was going to say, um, Simon has put a comment in um, just saying if we have to be based in Australia again, they should be based on the Central Coast or Queensland, it would be a better place. I don't want them to be based in Australia. I'm sick of you guys hogging them all the time. (laughs) Um, I want to go to games again. I'm selfish, but it it has to happen.
4: If they are based based here, the Central Coast is the, and and there's no like lockdowns within Australia, and you know, the teams can travel like they did up until round 12 or 13 or whatever it was. Um, The Central Coast is probably better because of the nine teams based in Sydney, plus you got canberra just down the road then and, and you've got um newcastle just newcastle. up the road it's kind of a yeah it's kind of easy for them in regards to travel to the away games um yeah but you know i mean it, it all depends uh you know what happens um yeah it's it's a it, it's weird isn't it that um you know we're talking about this again after you know a couple of weeks back you know they were coming home to play a home game everyone was there was no lockdowns uh you know it looked like we we're trying to get, we are get in a grip on this covid thing and you know all of a sudden here in australia it's just ridiculously flared up again
3: mm.
2: yeah um yeah it's yeah i don't know what you australians are doing honestly it's it's, <laughs> it's not that hard it's not that hard to keep covid contained no, it's um <laughs> we've been
3: home for six Is that that <laughs>
2: We've been we've been COVID free for about ten years now over in New Zealand, and we 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 can do everything. I can go outside and knock on my neighbour's door and say hello, and yeah, just just be better people. Come on, just, just think of it. Think about Brad here. Brad wants football.
0: You talk to um, your neighbours. Wow.
2: Well. Um, come on. No, I you. don't. But
0: <laughs> okay, um, a couple of questions from uh, from from the English League wrap up page. Uh, first up from Nicholas. Um, for all you guys, uh, why do you love rugby league so much? And I'll let's um, sort of Brad.
2: Start with me. Oh shit. Um, my. Uh... And now we can do Richie because we've answered that one. Um, the. Uh... <laughs> um, no. Do you want me to actually answer it now? Um, my um, my uh, nana and granddad were always big leagues. Um, they would do um those tours with the kiwis when they went up to the uk and you you pay and go on a tour i think they did a few with mad butcher um back before i was even um around or just a little toddler and um it was just i always remember um the weekend sitting there watching um league with my with my granddad and it kind of just always stuck i moved out into the country um where we weren't even allowed to talk about rugby league at our high school, um, which kind of made the love for rugby league grow a bit more. Um, Going to first 15 training, wearing a Warriors jersey um, and things like that. And um, I think that at that age as well, that was when the Warriors, you had that rich vein of form the first time they got to the grand final Mm. and stuff. Um, I was just a, a young teenager. So that was the big focus. And then, um, yeah, unfortunately, since then, it's just been uh, a complete 100% dedication in my life, as sad as that may sound to to any loved ones that are watching.
0: So, Richie, <laughs> can we have your life story too, please?
5: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and before I do mine, uh, any of Brad's family watching that they know anyway, I'm sure he skipped a birthday of yours somewhere down the line to go to a game. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's nodding. Um, so for me... Oh, I'm going to out myself a little bit if I tell my story. So yeah, much like Brad, I started watching League at a young age and I remember probably being five years old with a um, Cronulla Sharks t-shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> watching um, the great E.T. And, and loving watching him play and guys like that. This was pre-Warriors. Um, I'll, I'll let it be known. Um, and then the Warriors came along and it just became an institution in my in my household. I remember watching the first game um, with my old man, and I just pretty much from there on in. I going to intermediate school, I, I would run around on the field, chipping the ball, self commentating, pretending to be Gene Namu and things like that. Um, and yeah, like like um, like Brad said, just becomes an obsession after a while. And then a little bit down the line, I. I uh managed to meet up with brad uh we were working together and and from there or from there on we just started getting season tickets together and and, and not missing a game and it was you know a lot of great memories
6: ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments
5: <laughs> I moved uh, to Wellington, so
2: yeah. In your defence, they haven't played a game in New Zealand since you moved to Wellington, so you haven't really missed a game yet.
0: Not yet, not yet. <laughs> uh, so, Roo, what's your? How, how did you fall in love with
3: the game? I've got the most bizarre story about how I came to loving rugby league. I had an American mate when I was in grade seven who started collecting the cards. I had no interest in in sports really before that, and so because he did it. I started collecting the cards and I sort of got interested in it through, you know, the cards with the bubble gum in the packet you used to get. And um, yeah, so I started obviously being from Brisbane, started following the Broncos by default. This was 1993. So a couple of years before the Warriors. And yeah, so I jumped on the Broncos bandwagon and yeah, they won a couple of premierships. And then yeah, when the Warriors came along in 95, they just won me over like that first game, just watching that. I'll never forget it because the Broncos played the Warriors in the first game, obviously. And, just the yeah. occasion, and the, it was just such a an intimidating atmosphere that they ran out into, and so I've been a Warriors fan ever since then. And yeah, played a little bit, and just loved watching the game, loved the physicality of the game, and yeah. So that's how it all started for me, funnily enough.
0: So were you there throwing a wooden spoon yet? At the end. Of last
2: year?
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, have a <it>. go. <laughs>
2: No, thankfully he jumped off the Broncos bandwagon a long time before they yeah, yeah. they had uh, their yeah. fall from grace. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Yeah. And what about you, Mark?
4: Mate, my um, my earliest memories are of my dad playing. My, my dad's uh, Maldy grew up over in New Zealand, uh, moved over to Australia, and um, was playing lower grades with the North Sydney Bears back in the back in the uh, early seventies and. I, my earliest memories are, are going to the footy, watching my dad play. And um, and then, yeah, from there I played and it, it just became a, a love of the game. Um, you know, we were raised uh, to, you know, support New Zealand and anyone playing Australia. And uh, we, you know, uh, always followed the Bears. And and then when the Warriors came in, it was, for me, it was just a natural fit to, to follow the team that, of the country that I was always... You know, uh, instructed and, and embraced as, as my own country, even though I, was, I wasn't born there and I've never lived there. Um, it, it's all—it's, you know, it's all about the culture and and um, and uh, you know my, my ties back to New Zealand. But yeah, rugby league for me has always been a passion. Uh, I played, I coached, uh, and when I couldn't do either of those, I was an administrator of a of a junior rugby league club, giving back to to grassroots, and then from there fell into this. So. You know, it's been the constant through my life since I was about two or three years old. And, um, yeah, I absolutely love it.
0: Very cool. um, So TK's been active uh, in the chat. He (laughs) said um, Hiku was an absolute monster. But uh, but his question is, who is the worst commentator covering a Warriors game? (laughs) Siali Ali, Steve Roach's name.
3: Yeah, blocker, blocker
0: Roach. Yeah, I'll yeah. well, agree.
5: <laughs> it's blocker. For some reason, he always gets
3: our games, doesn't he? We reckon he puts in a request every week to call our games.
2: Yeah, he's he's <laughs> very frustrating. He, <laughs> intentional he's one, frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Watching him, um, you don't you don't get to watch a lot of the the games, Paul. But um, blocker, the Warriors will will run the length of the field and score a try and be forty points up, and then blocker will say they've got to watch out because the other team's coming back. Um and yeah he he always comments about how tired the warriors are they're always tired yeah. um things like that you can kind of do a uh, block a bingo and um get all the clichés that he pulls out but yeah for me he's probably the worst um you,
5: yeah you, 100%, you can play a really, really dangerous you could play a really dangerous drinking game watching the Warriors, and that's just take a shot anytime somebody goes on Facebook and says
0: f a Roach. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't make it out. Oh, wouldn't make it out alive. Yeah. Um, so, only, uh, so you know, a bit of a serious one here. Um, do the Warriors have any New Zealand halfback standoff talent that's on the radar for the future?
4: Well, I imagine they would. That,
2: um, yeah, I was going to say that's a Mark question. So
4: I, I'm just going to say, I imagine they would based on the fact that, um, uh, you know, we had Stacey talking uh, to us on Saturday morning, uh, basically so he was on his way to watch a couple of the uh, development sides play. So I dare say we've got a couple of guys coming through development, uh, but I wouldn't know their names and I, I, I wouldn't know who they are at this stage. Uh, but I can imagine there's, there's obviously somebody there that they're um, talking about or looking at.
2: Yep. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. And I I had vindication. Mike agreed that RTS was an anchor. Thank, thank you, Mike. You got... <laughs> <laughs> Mike's also um, throwing, yeah. out,
5: throwing out. It's coming home in the chat. So thanks, Mike. <laughs> showing, showing faith. Got, our... um,
2: we've also got a, a good one from Simon as well, um, Paul. Uh, talking about league memories, Simon said um, watching Malman Inga when he was five and his dad taking him to the Bay Plenty Stag matches down on the airport side of Rotorua. Um, yeah, I remember as a youngster telling everyone that Malman Inga was related to me, um, <laughs> saying that his his first name was Melman and his last name was Inga. And um, oh. it yeah, didn't, didn't last long, but um, <laughs> that was... Though those young times, you know, kids like to tell stories, so you,
5: you had a very yeah. similar skill set, I seem to recall, Brad, watching you play.
2: Very similar. Um Yeah. If he if he wasn't as old as he was, I'd say he was copying me. Sonny copied me, so it's it's not bad. He he did okay.
4: Yeah, yeah you do have some Oh <laughs> well, there's Sonny another writer, awful commentator. <laughs> oh, Sonny, Sonny Bill. Bill,
3: he's trying. He's trying.
4: <laughs> oh man, he's shocking as a commentator.
3: Yeah, he's on channel nine
0: over here. So. The um, oh, he's, he's been doing some stuff for, for Union as well. And yeah, no, um, <laughs> the, um, um Sally, we're gonna have to get to, um, says that uh, Rue, you've got to do us a video of your Warriors collection, of your Warriors jersey collection that we can put up because apparently that's oh, to, yeah. uh, that's that's an impressive uh, impressive collection. So we need to, or perhaps, guys, uh, you should all get all lay out your jerseys, take some photos. Now, competition is who's got the most jerseys. Um, Charlie
3: Ross, Charlie Ross. Yeah, Charlie. Charlie. He's got a Charlie's collection. got a house full of them. He's he's hooked um, me up with yeah. plenty. Yeah, so I I owe a lot to Charlie, the Jersey yeah. King. Yep.
2: Charlie, Charlie, Charlie never never hooks me up. I don't get it,
3: but it's cool. I saw photos
2: um, of his work and I thought it was a shop. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a shop. It's crazy. Um, There's so many of his
3: yeah. match worn as well. Yeah, a yeah. so match worn. is crazy. Yeah, yeah I
0: know. Mm. Yeah. Um, a, a couple about TV over in Australia. Not, uh, Nicholas, one. Um, <laughs> just one. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas again says, um, despite uh, the, the number of ki- uh, Kiwis in Australia, they, uh, the Warriors never see film free-to-air. Um, do you think uh, that um, you'll get a few more free-to-air ones if the Warriors do better? Uh, and also Simon asking, um, uh, yeah, has has the Channel 9 show uh, shown a Warriors game recently?
3: Well, we had the Sharks game a few weeks this, ago, and we've got it, one this Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday against this the, Broncos Sunday the Broncos on Channel Broncos Nine. Game, but it's because we're yeah. playing the Broncos, though. They're playing the, the Broncos, players. yeah, yeah. That's it. We always seem if yeah. we get one game a year, it'll be against a high-rating team like the Broncos or Parramatta or someone like that. Yeah, it purely comes down to ratings, and we just clearly don't rate as well as some of the other sides according to Channel Nine. So, is what it is. Yeah.
0: But um and. That- you know, Siley's got the best comment so far. Amazing production for this podcast. Um, so yeah,
2: absolutely, totally agree. With yeah, you. <laughs> well done, Paul.
0: Well done, Paul.
2: Outstanding, <laughs> brilliant um, job as always. That kind of to, to show off my talent. That segue's me into another question. Um, talking about the yeah, I, I can do this, Paul. I, I have talent. Um, <laughs> um, what's it like being a Warriors fan based in Australia? because um, obviously we're we kinda used to being Warriors fans from New Zealand, but we don't get to talk to a lot of guys that are based solely in Australia. So what what's it like being a fan over there of our poor little our poor little New Zealand team? <laughs> oh, it's
1: you, tough. you make, yourself, it's you, tough you make yourself an easy
3: target. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a bit tough a bit, because we don't get um fair and equal share of any of the media stuff. So is he frozen?
2: Who? Have Who? I frozen? No, you're talking.
3: Yeah, keep going.
4: Oh, sorry, I thought I'd frozen. Um <laughs> yeah, you don't get any fair uh media coverage in the in the like on the shows on um like Fox League channel and stuff like that. Yeah. Um they don't really – if the Warriors win, it's never a good performance by the Warriors. It's a poor performance by Cronulla or a poor performance by the Bulldogs. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's tough. Um, we're, we're always – for me personally, I, I've never actually watched a game at Mount Smart Stadium, so I'm always an away supporter. So the last year and a half has been a bit odd, especially this year where we kind of formed a – a section of the crowd became home fans and we had buses coming up from Sydney and, you know, we'd stack the, the stands full of uh, Warriors supporters. We we actually got a feel of what it's like, a small feel of what it's like to be a, a home supporter. But, um yeah, we just – we don't get a lot of um, kudos from any of the the commentators or anything like that. that that's probably the hardest part. That and the fact that um, we always seem to be on the – wrong end of um of the 50 50 calls from the the referees and you know that that's that's always a hard one to to handle
3: yeah i I think for me it's it's even weirder for me because everyone just assumes that i'm kiwi and everyone just (laughs) comes up to me and talks about like i know i know it's it's I'm the exception to the rule you know of just the warriors are just my team you know so there's, there's there's that element and um Yeah, like, you're an easy target. Like, everyone just goes, oh, your Warriors are hopeless. Every week, just, oh, your Warriors are terrible. But but what you find is when the Warriors start playing well, what people here get behind them. Like, in the 2011 grand final, people were more prepared to support us than Manly, you know? So, like like, people always say, oh, I love watching the Warriors play. And they say, like, when the Warriors are doing their thing, you know, when we've got the ball singing and scoring some fantastic tries, you know, Sean Johnson's producing a bit of magic. Like, oh, I love watching the Warriors play. As soon as we start losing, everyone's you know cold.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. So they jump on the bandwagon. But, yeah.
2: yeah we, we we get the same hyper um stuck over the year as well. To be honest, yeah, it's tough enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it's been really good um, seeing all the the fans get behind them over there. Um, obviously, with having to play all the games there. Um, it's still not the same as having a game at Mount Smart, obviously, but to, the, it, I th- would feel a lot worse if there weren't fans bothering to go. Um, yeah. Because they can see them every week now, go, we'll just pick and choose. There's actually Gaia, you guys, um, Warrior Nation, everyone um, getting together and um, getting people to the games, which I think is it's really good, especially – and the boys are feeling a bit homesick and missing playing at home, um, it kind of gives them a little bit of a boost. Mm.
4: I see. I see um, that, that's probably the- been the biggest thing I've taken from it, especially this year, uh, is that we're getting comments from the players themselves after games. Uh, you know, uh, Roger himself, you know, Chanel, uh, Jazz, um, you know, the guys that I would talk to quite regularly after games, were always so appreciative of the fact that they had a section of the, the stands uh, like three whole bays of the stands at their central coast um, supporting the Warriors. And for those that don't like in New Zealand, that aren't aware, the central coast is actually about an hour and 20 minutes from Sydney. So they're not actually um, based in, in Sydney. So even everyone from Sydney has to travel about an hour and 20 minutes to go to the game. Uh, anyone from Newcastle has to travel an hour down. Um, so it's not, the ideal location to go and watch a game of footy. So the fact that they're aware that people are actually getting on buses and traveling, uh, especially on a, a six o'clock game on a Friday. And, you know, we've got three bays sold out for a six o'clock game where people have left work early to get, get up the highway to, to go and watch the boys play that they've really appreciated it. And the the club staff have really appreciated it. And that's probably the thing I've taken the most from this year is, um, you know, to be able to be a part of that and, uh, you know, give them that, that little bit of support while they are away from home is, is being great.
2: Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, it, it's just, I, I'm still counting down. I was really looking forward to that game yesterday being here, but it is what it is. Um, and, yeah, hopefully they get to have a few games, even if they can organise it similar to what they I- ideally wanted this year, where they were going to break it into blocks. Um, but... Yeah, you just can't predict what's going on right now, as you guys know, being over in Australia. Yeah, Um, it's it's shocking.
0: The the flip side, though, Brad, is we've got uh, uh, some Aussie fans online saying, "How much media coverage do the Warriors get in Auckland and around the rest of New Zealand in general?" So, Brad and Richie, what's it like being a Warriors fan in New Zealand?
2: Oh well, I I write about them every week and I do a show every week, um, so that that's some media. it's actually surprisingly um, maybe for you guys, um, Mark and Rob, it's actually very similar here. Um, if the Warriors win, you might get a, a two-minute clip on the news. If the Warriors lose, you might get a 10-second eye and the Warriors lost. Um, it all depends. When when they're doing well, like when they're reaching, going to heading towards grand finals, they're all anyone talks about. Um, but, yeah, you usually get a couple of articles – on, on the New Zealand Herald and things like that, um, covering them. But it's it's generally never that great. Um, you know, if New Zealand Herald ever find this, if you want someone that will actually do a good job, I'm here. Um, but... <laughs> do you guys yeah, get any um, of
4: the Aussie shows over there? Like uh, yeah. we've got the Fox League channel here in Australia, yeah, with like NRL 360 and stuff like that. Do you get those shows over there? We do, yeah. We, we get, do, those, yeah. Like, we, get we get
2: 360, um, Maddie Johns' show. Um, you get the okay. not all of the shows you guys have, but the main big ones that um Fox have. Um yep. like the wrap up shows and that. But it's yeah, you see the like you guys said, it, it's a couple of minutes and it's like Warriors Bet the Sharks. or oh, geez, how bad are these sharks right now? Yeah. You know, yeah. Type scenario. Um it's very hard to get um good Good feedback. Um, but we've been used to that.
5: It's normally yeah. results based, though, isn't it? Like, if we're yeah. going well, then we'll get a bit of coverage. If we're not going so well, yeah, not a lot unless they're putting the boot in. But yeah, yeah, we do get all those NRL 360. So you see, you see when people like Paul Kent are in the boot in, like when Roger yep. announced he was leaving and whatnot.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mark Marx has put yes as yeah. Says, yeah the, the Herald hates us. They put us behind a paywall. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Nicholas <laughs> says, look, that's what if, for all this, for all we say that the might get good good mainstream media coverage. Uh, look, the, the Facebook groups are massive, uh, and as and uh, they got good crowds at um, at Mount Smart. So uh, it's more an underground thing over here, maybe than than yeah. mainstream. Mm. Thing. But it, but it's got a big following, still. Uh, it owns South Yeah, America. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's got a huge fan following um, that the media aren't covering. But you see, like, we've got our show, you got Ruin Hammer, we've got Warriors Fanatics, um, Hold the Ball. Um, there's a guy, Fonzie, that does a podcast in Australia. Um, yep. Will Evans does This Warrior's Life. There's a lot yeah, of Life, yeah. guys that are, are taking it on themselves to kind of get people talking about the Warriors. And like, in our case, we, we cover all of the league as well um but yeah it, it's good to see um if you're not getting people um telling you about the Warriors that people are actually making it their own decision to go and start talking about it
0: I'll be blunt you, you when, when I lived in uh up I've been I would see more Warriors jerseys being worn around malls and stuff than you will and you'll never you'll very rarely see a a, a union or you'll you see the occasional All Blacks jersey Never see a Blues jersey, never see an Auckland jersey, but you'll see Warriors jerseys walking around. So yeah, no, it's definitely... no, okay. Yeah, um, the Blues players
2: jerseys. don't want to wear their jerseys, so I, I don't see why <laughs> their fans would. But um, the the Warriors jerseys, I know they get a lot of stick over here and probably in Australia too for having twenty Thank jerseys you. a year. Yeah. Um, which um but they always make you know there's a couple of bad ones every now and then but they always make good looking ones so that's why you see them because people like what they look like so you're gonna wear it right. um i i think i'm the only one on here tonight that likes the bushman jersey um yep but um <laughs> i i've got one but I, I i don't wear it in public i think i've worn it once um oh, wait, but yeah there's, there's, there's the always good ones no, I think drop the
0: camera oh, and go Go put it on, on. we got oh, to see it no.
2: come on it, it's <laughs> not it's I
0: not
4: in the. I think I grew up with one I, th- I think I grew <laughs> up with one but it was a picnic blanket <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I think it's Brad's pyjamas <laughs> we've, we've yeah. got
0: a good question for the Aussies while you're, while you're getting changed um, the, um... no <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> uh, so yeah. do you think the, um, the Central Coast could actually uh, support its own NRL team
4: no, um, yes, but no. It's it's got a, a great junior league district uh, and what have you, but because of its its location to in close proximity to like nine Sydney-based teams and a Newcastle-based team, I think its location is is what goes against it. There was always um, uh, for a, quite a few years they were always trying to bring the Bears back as the Central Coast Bears up there, but there's other areas within the rugby league. Uh, landscape that would be better suited for an expansion side. And I just think, with Newcastle being where it is and nine Sydney teams being, being where they are, I think it's just past, like uh, the, the, the uh, Central Cases will always be passed over.
0: Yeah. Um, question for you, Brad uh, Were you more a meter eater or were you more a tackler as a prop? <laughs> Neither. <laughs>
2: Neither. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, an I, 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 yeah, I was all about trying to introduce 2nd face football into the game. Um, the um, you, you leave the meter eating to the meathead props, and um, the tackling kind of goes with them as well, um, the ones that don't have the brains. Um, they just go out there and throw their buddy on the line. I was too pretty and, and too smart for that. So um, try to avoid contact and um, look flash at the same time for everyone watching. I might how
4: have would been you like rate a talk me, mate? mate and... <laughs> I was going to say, how would you rate me, mate? Because I started out as a back and ended up as a front rower when I retired at 33. Does it? Do I? Do I? Do I pass as as, a, a, as a front wiki. rower?
0: Forward for
2: you? Yeah, exactly. That's a Ruben Wiki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you end up you end up in the best position. You may as well claim that position forever. Um, okay. You know, the, no one cares about the backs. You know, they get all the big money, but you know. It's whenever a team goes wrong, you're always blaming the forwards. So um, they're the most important. Um, I, I do it all the time. I complain until we got these fantastic that we have at the moment. Um, I always complained about the, the prop rotation, not getting enough meters. So I, in all seriousness, I think it's a lot more important a position than um, all the crap that commentators love to give them. Um, but yeah, extremely biased. As a, as a former front
4: row. I agree. I agree. It, it, it lays the platform, doesn't it? For, for everything else that happens in the game. You know, if you, if your forwards aren't going forward, you're not going to have a half back or your halves aren't going to be able to play, you know, at the line or through the line. Um, so yeah, it, it's, they're, they're that, massively important. That was always the
3: excuse yeah. for Sean Johnson all those years. saying he's playing behind a forward pack that was going backwards. So yeah. Mm. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll let you answer, us say what um, Mike said there, Richie.
5: Okay. So Mike's in the chat saying, What are your thoughts on Peter Hic- a Peter Hiku statue outside of Mount Smart? Now, <laughs> I'll probably need to explain this one a little. So Mike's an admin on a Warriors page on Facebook called New Zealand Warriors Faith. Um, we have a bit of a, a man crush on Peter Hicku and we. We gave him a nickname, The Bakery, because of all the meat pies he feeds to his wingers. Um, <laughs> so there's a bit of a backstory. Um, nice to see you watching, Mike. Uh, I would love a Peter Hiku statue outside of Mount Smart, but we're biased.
2: I, I think there's a few more players in front of him that would get it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he'd, yeah, he'd
4: be down the picking order a bit, but yeah. yeah, yeah. A little bit, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: But um, I, I'll put it out there. It's Reese Walsh will get the first one. Um, Walsh. Uh, that was that was part of the contract for him signing with us early. Um, that he'd get a statue in his honor outside of Mount Smart. Um, I think he's in line for becoming prime minister by the end of his run with us as well. Um sure, Surely.
4: So, um, surely we can get the same guy that did the Cameron Smith statue that doesn't look like Cameron Smith, and you can you can. <laughs> they do insert name at the bottom and it can be basically for anyone
2: <laughs> just just anyone
0: generic, generic <laughs> statues, yeah. or or yeah. we have stars in the stars like Hollywood walk of fame in the in the footpath it's, it's cheaper than doing statues That's, that would be yeah, and
2: uh, Christian said Simon Mannering. I I think he's an ideal guy but I think he's probably one of the guys that would say no because um yeah. Simon Simon's very anti praise um as we saw in his final game at Mount Smart, he didn't want anything special, and um, was a bit miffed when they painted that mural um, there as well. Um, but yeah, you got guys like yeah, Stacey and Simon. I think at the top two.
0: I, I think now's a good time for, our, for for a bit of a highlights reel from some of our favourite shows over the last oh, uh, the last fifty shows. Don't you,
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah, let's do it. Let's, oh, let's, let's, run, let's run that. Yeah, run it right. Yep. Tyson Gamble with a high tackle and uh, Jordan Ricky. Jordan Ricky with the headbutt. What did you think?
2: So, the headbutt I think was a bit soft, Um, but by the letter of the new rules, um, the refs had the right to do what they did. Um, Yeah, Tyson Gamble's one I, I thought was a bit harsh as well yeah back to the jazz thing um yeah i don't think it was simbin worthy but yeah i don't put me in this situation where i have to sit there and defend a forward because i'm always going to do it
3: i'd like um, to paint you
2: as
5: this thug brad
2: um i think there was nothing in it um I shouldn't be
0: allowed to be replaced if they're suspended oh jeez I'm, I'm, I'm amazed i'm flabbergasted
2: well i don't I'm think sure any more, uh, of them should have been suspended anyway but yeah um, <laughs> but the fact that they um it looks like his season could be over because he needs some surgery on his face and um horrible accident horrible to watch i only watched it like five or ten times um first one was a simbin he, he threw a punch he, he it was if you can call it a punch it was a bit of a he he did a ton of um and hit him with a handbag <laughs> yeah uh, but um yeah so silly uh Know, flash it up again if you want Paul but if you get, you know uh, uh, a punch is a simbin if you're gonna if you're gonna get simbin for a punch make it count um hit him on the jaw or something um but yeah I thought it was a weak attempt and he got simbin the second simbinning though I don't think was a simbin they really uh, came fighting um, Jared Weir Hargraves, got simbin um, in a call that I thought was a bit tough. But, um, yeah, I think Matt Burton was really the difference in this game.
5: <laughs> and got um, Goddess l too, ending up with a suspension out of this game. hate to keep... Inviting the thug life, um, thing popping up, but what do you think of that? Because it didn't look like a lot either.
2: No, I didn't think there was anything in it. <laughs> we can, we can report. um, <laughs> but yeah, uh,
5: S- see, Goal. back to the question was Brad a meter eater? <laughs> 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 or a defensive guy <laughs> that that tells you all you need to know about what type of player he was
2: king oh. of the fish hook. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he was a grub oh. yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, a, uh, thank you vicky for for nice comments after i've just been besmirched on on the show um it's all taken out of context um <laughs> Uh, where for the, the viewers that watch us on Wednesday, there was actually a couple of penalties and sim bins I did agree with. So um <laughs> just putting that out there, I thought there were some that were valid. and um, there were some that weren't as well. But um yeah. So tune in on Wednesday to see that because I will um prove that I'm not the thug that you're all painting me as. Um that headbutt one, I don't remember. I I thought that was <laughs> <laughs> um i think wasn't the headbutt one when josh curran got simbond for the head clash i can't remember
5: that melbourne? was, was um, that the melbourne game it was yeah jordan ricky was it uh, someone else uh, uh, yeah there's uh, so uh, many from what i recall uh, it wasn't that bad brad uh, yeah there may have been some selective editing there to yeah you look i think so what you actually are
2: i i go by the golden rules. there's no such thing as a high tackle but um yeah it's it's changing nowadays um though i i did like that trent barrett was trying to be the new brad by for the bronc uh, the bulldogs warriors game saying that there was no contact to the head um from <laughs> Cosse because i saw it and if i can see it, it it's there so
4: um, here's an interesting one though brad he didn't get charged yeah, yeah um was... I
2: saw I saw Phil Goulds That's quickly strange. turned on us um <laughs> and was out there defending the Bulldogs um as quick as you yeah. like. Like um funny that yeah. where <laughs> we're that um that ex he refuses to talk about now except for in bad tones, um which it hurt a bit. It hurt it hurt me seeing that. But um yeah, it, it's I suppose you guys will probably talk about it on your show as well. That one he didn't get charged, but then in the Broncos Roosters um, is Radley getting charged? I think, I think Radley was getting charged for his charge down that wasn't a penalty during the game. So it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the NRL are doing at the time. Um, I, I'm happy to talk to Graham if he wants some feedback, but um, he doesn't return my calls.
5: I'm actually quite amazed at how many Broncos fans on Facebook, um, were eating that up, too, and, and saying, how did they take a try off us? I mean, maybe we're all a bit biased, but you watching that, I was amazed he didn't get sent to the sin bin.
2: Oh, I thought it was a sin bin. Um, where, where's the unthugs, <laughs> Paul? Come on.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, but then, yeah, um, judging by the rules, um, contact to the head was a sin bin. That's what they've been telling us, and there was contact to the head. Um yeah. It's shocking, but
4: yeah.
2: I don't know. You, you kind of deflated me with that video, Richie. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> um,
2: We've been going for like an hour now, so um, we may as well wrap it up. Is there anything else you guys want to cover before we sign off?
4: No, I just want to congratulate you boys on your 50th episode. Um, You know, something we achieved a couple of weeks back and, you know, in this, in this world of social media and, and so forth, it's, 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 a big deal. You know, you've got, you know, a, a little, you know, we've got these shows that we're, we're putting out there for fans to watch and, and people, fans are engaging in them. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing for you guys to achieve that, that 50th show. And uh, you know, we just want to wish send you our congratulations and we, we feel honored and, and pretty privileged to be able to share the screen with you tonight uh, as you celebrate. And um. We both look forward to, you know, collabing with you guys a little bit more in the future uh, moving forward.
2: Definitely. And, yeah, massive thank you to both of you for um, joining us tonight. And um, before we go, if you want to remind everyone about when your shows are and and everything so they can tune in and see you guys too.
3: Yeah, we're live on Wednesday nights, 7.30 on Facebook. You can catch us on uh, Facebook, Rue and Hammer. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and all the podcast platforms as well. Uh, we yeah, and a, that's that's
2: seven thirty Australian time for our it's New Zealand 7:30. guys. Seven
3: thirty, yeah, seven thirty Australian time. Yep, so uh, nine.
1: And there's, there's, nine there's only one Australian time, got.
0: obviously. It's coast time, right? There's no, there's not none, none of this, uh, none of this West Australia time business.
3: No, nah, not until we, we're in daylight saving. Come in end of October. So I yeah, I, it's around Grand uh, Final weekend, and then yeah. and then
4: Rob and I go on different time zones as well. Um, yeah, but which really doesn't matter. I, I don't think time is actually working here in New South Wales at the moment. I think everything's kind of just stopped. <laughs> uh, the sun comes up and it goes down. I'm, I'm told. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see it much, and um, I get my essential exercise walking from room to room. And uh, as you can see, the the beard is um, just out of control at the moment. I'm, Looking I was, good. I, I told everyone I'm starting to look like James Tamo, at, uh, <laughs> which not a good thing.
2: <laughs> see. And I wish I had the COVID excuse for for what's going on here. I just, um, yeah, I just don't. I don't shave anymore. I gave up. Gave up on life with that. So I just let it go. <laughs> yeah.
5: That's to stop all the ladies heading on you because of your baby face good
4: looks, Brad.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that baby too. That too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah,
4: that'd be it. Yeah.
2: yeah. So yeah, thank you guys again. Is there anything you want to add to it, Richie? Before we go.
5: Oh, hey, just thanks to um, yeah, thanks to to you guys for joining us tonight, and keep up the great work on your show. Um, like like they said, they they're on seven thirty Aussie time, nine thirty NZ time. So our show flows nicely into theirs, you know, Wednesday night's pretty good to get like three or four or five hours of Warriors league talk and then go to sleep. <laughs> yep.
2: Nothing better yeah. than that. And um, with that. That. Yep. thanks. It to always the... depends how long we ramble for, I guess.
5: Yeah. Brad's a bit yeah. of a rambler, but that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> um And thanks to all the people that tuned in and, and through comments, our way it's um yeah. As always, you guys make the show what it is and, and give us something to talk about. So, yeah. Thanks everybody.
2: Hi, we, we've got Jermaine just coming as well, saying thanks for your great work. Always good listening to your content. Yeah, thanks, thanks Jermaine. And um, yeah, reminder that we're we're going to be back here on Wednesday at 8 p.m. New Zealand time, uh, like normal for our our round recap. And um, I, I'll spoil it now. I, I got every game right in the tips, which means I'm back ahead in the tipping comp um, with Richie. Where, where I should be. So um, there'll be a bit of, um, bit of bragging about that on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, remember to tune in for your weekly update on Rugby League on Wednesday at 8pm. Um, here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio, um, just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And um, thanks, everyone, again, and good night.